Alright, I'm ready. I'm ready to dominate. We'll be the judge of that in about an hour and a half's time. I will remain silent until we begin. Gonna turn John Wick on. 142, quality of the table. You ready to go, Timbo? Uh, I love how I have to talk in the mic like this. Tim can sit four metres away and it's all good. It's game time, mate. I step up to the plate and the microphone. Welcome to this, the latest episode of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast. Brought to you as always by MGA Traffic. They'll give you honey soy chips when you walk in the building. MGA Traffic. You like that, the assortment of... Uh, There's a bowl of... of Red Rock like, Deli. Of lunchbox-sized Red Rock Deli, just in the bowl. Looks, looks like a hotel. And there's also the family mix of um, Arnott's Biscuits with all the good ones eaten already. There was, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a lot more biscuits when you guys arrived. Oh, bullshit. I put them out for you. All the good I, ones I, were I gone. Left, I left the orange creams for you. No one likes the orange creams. Oh, no one likes you. Kingston's, Monte Carlo's, gone. Kingston's gone. Monte Carlo's were there. teammate. At least one. Monte Carlo's. Mm. Yeah, there was two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're, we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. You're going to yeah. say hello? Yeah, I did. You said hello? No. Nah. Hello, Fabian. How you going? <laughs> how you going, Sean? Tim, how are you? I'm very well. Very up and about after uh, Carlton's draft last week. November champions for the third year running. Yep. This is our time of year. That's it. This is our time of we year. We don't lose in November. That's nah. what you said to me the other day. I actually liked that line. I thought I'm... When you got Stephen Silvani, you don't lose in November. That's it. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that is true, I suppose. And March comes around. The, the <laughs> Slot, losses, slightly different story. The <laughs> losses start coming. You start going, okay, we've had enough. We've had enough of the losses. Stop with the losses. <laughs> Once you get to, what were we? One and nine? Well, were we 0 oh and 8? Uh, we were at least 0 oh and 8. Yeah, and then we beat Essendon in round 9. Just eased nine. into the year. Just eased into the year gently. Uh, where do we want to start? It's a pretty threadbare pod this week because we've um, got nothing to talk about, so we're going to wing it a bit later on. <laughs> we're going to wing it a um, bit later on. At the moment, we're going to go around the grounds because Fabian has promised me he's got some stuff to talk about. No, I said shoot it around the grounds, see if there's anything anyone wants to contribute because okay. nothing really happened in the NFL. It's just a stock standard, stock standard week. How'd the Patriots go? Pats had a win. They're going to win it, Matt. I don't think they get there. They're going to sure. win it. Um, but the All two this heavy scoring shit will stop. The two teams that th- put down 100 points both had the bye. Um, Saints kept rolling. So Texans had another win, although they, that's eight straight and they haven't beaten anybody, if that's possible. Uh, of note. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought every game mattered in the NFL. Every it does, game matters. But I'm saying it, that's right. They've gone from 0 3 to now 8 3. Mm hmm. Well, the fascinating thing with the Texans is last year they looked great and then uh, quarterback Deshaun Watson goes down with an ACL yep. and obviously they battled after that. And because, JJ went down as well. Again. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. But now they're going into the season, you thought, how will they go with Watson coming back from the ACL? And they've been they've been terrific. So, but for the first three weeks. Well, yeah. And after that, they haven't beaten anyone. No, or they've beaten eight teams, but I'm saying no one of note. They've beaten eight ordinary teams. But when you're mm-hmm. playing a 16-game season, I, I love your... Every you game matters. always carry on that every game matters. It, it, they're all worth the same amount so long as you get over the line. You know, We always hear the bullshit lines. It's all about the W. For some teams, it's just all about positioning themselves to give themselves a shot. And then you've got to be playing good footy 
come finals time, yeah. playoff time. So a, a team like the Texans, you're sitting there and going, I don't think they'll win it, but they're there and they're going to play the play a hand. Mm. Um, we were chatting about uh, Alex Smith the other day. Yep. Um, and at Washington, I think I stuffed that up last week mm-hmm. and tried to call them the Chiefs instead. <laughs> um, obviously, he goes down, breaks a league, and, and it really impacts their, their, their season now. Yep. So The good um, thing about the East, sorry, the East, the NFC, is every team sitting in second is on six wins. And the Vikings have a draw in there, so that's kind of put them... Slightly ahead in the wild card race, so yep. there's two wild cards given per division. So, and the Eagles at five and six, we beat a divisional rival, as I said last week. What a game! So the Redskins declining. So we're in the hunt. We probably won't win the division, but we're in the hunt for a wild card for a wild card because it's very tight in the NFC. So that's the only thing that's juicy. And the reality is, you don't win from that position, but you wouldn't want to play the Eagles. In no. playoffs, no. You, you wouldn't want to come up against them. They're, if you're they'd a be a team, very you dangerous team. Yeah, they can give you a false sense of security. You can put forty up against them and think you're well beaters. Yeah, well that's right. Then, now we're not doing any damage this year, but it's, it'll be nice to, to make the playoffs. But what has this done for Big Dick Nick? Big Dick Nick's just sitting there with the uh, with the headphones on on the sideline, doing playing his role. What's he listening to? Church music, most likely. Yeah, probably. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, so yeah, nothing, nothing much of note in the NBA. NBA is one of those things. It takes a while to start. It's to early, yeah. Get you know, gather momentum. Eighty-two game season, so yeah. that's and and LeBron's finding his feet, and he's got players around him that yeah, are, they're, they're winning they're games. Wax they're winning more bit. games, but they're dropping stupid games oh, yeah. here and there. Yep. My balls are continually not. Look, I might be overstating here, but look, we're going to be in full tank mode. We want to, we want to make sure, but. The ball we lead at half time and three quarter time an awful lot. Are you going to get pick one? I hope so. Given it's a lottery, it's hard to true. You guarantee, don't guarantee. It, have you heard about? Have you seen Zion? Zion. <laughs> well, I texted. I texted a mate and I just said, "This is not. This is what's great about basketball because it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility. We've got Laurie Markinen, who's a jet, not playing. Yep. Chris Dunn is our point guard, not playing." Never Zach Levine. Never heard of these guys. Yeah, because you grew up on basketball in the nineties. Never fucking heard of these. Zach Levine. You know, now fifty years of age. I feel like the guy, like in Major League, you know, and the, um, the, the groundsmen, they're all like looking through the team. I've never heard of these fucking guys. <laughs> well, Laurie Markkinen's in his second year. It was one of the 70s. rookie of the year candidates last year. Yep. Chris Dunn is a young point guard who's yet to prove himself, but but he, he looks like he can go. Yeah, who the yep. Bulls will wave. Zach Levine's our shooting guard who. You look at him, and he's producing a great season. Yep. Come back off the knees. That's the gamble. Yep. We gave up Jimmy Butler and try and get both Levine and Dunn as a package. And the reason they took the risk is because he had the knee, and and so far it's working out all right. What do you do when Maroon Five are touring? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's Adam Levine. Ah, fucking dude. They're all um, the fucking same. So I said to a mate, well, Jabari Parker's doing well at small forward as well. And Wendell Carter so Jr. is having a good rookie so year. This is classic fab. This is classic fab. Yeah. I just happened to pop up on my feed an episode that we'd done a while ago. Mm. And it was, I remember that one. It was when fab was like waxing, like he was jerking himself off because United had beaten Burnley 2 0. 
I'm getting that sense here. You know, we're a really good side. You, you no, kind no, of wonder no, no. why we are doing better because all these guys are playing real good basketball. We just no, never I've fucking just win. Said, you don't listen to them. I just we said Markin hasn't played this season. Got all Dunn these great hasn't players. played this season. So we've had two key injuries. Bobby Portis, who's not going to take us to the promised land, but is a key component now, hasn't played this so season. So what you're telling me is you're worse. You're worse than the sum of your parts. Yeah. So, But we've been in front a lot. And I think our fourth quarters have been atrocious. So it, it, <laughs> it reeks of tank mode. But I said to a mate, another avid Bulls fan, I mean, He's I said, got no heart. You get pick one, which is highly likely, although we said when Markinen comes back and Dunn comes back, we probably win enough games to just miss playoffs. But still, even if you just miss playoffs, you're in the lottery. Well, when Philadelphia were really bad, you could be a bad team, but you were never bad enough yeah. to be able to qualify for pick one. Now, um, there's just there's a few yeah. teams that are rebuilding and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And yeah, so you, we get pick shot. one. So just indulge me for a moment. We get pick one, and Zion's great, but you know we can move. You can get there's a, there's another two blokes at, at Duke who are doing very well. Who could where Duke at Duke Duke? Should I say Duke? What's that? That's the fucking word. What's Duke? That's how they say it. The Yanks. Duke Nukem. <laughs> Duke Nukem 3D. What a great game. Um, Blow up the San Andreas So just fault. indulge me. We get pick one. Yes. We, we draft Zion. You hit free agency and you get you throw the house at Clay Thompson. Now, all of a sudden... Do you build, do you build a team around Clay Thompson? No. Clay Thompson's an awesome, awesome... He's one of the best defenders in the league. Hmm. And um, we can't question his shooting. No, 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 no absolutely not. So, I, I just see he's a very, very complimentary player. I just don't know if you build a team around. Well, Clay Zach Thompson. Levine and him can complement each other. Yep. Chris Dunn runs the point. Yep. And Zion can just wreak havoc. This just in. Chicago Bulls GM basketball operations Fabian Guadagnolo has been sacked five minutes into his contract. Garpax for being an idiot. Who's running the show at the moment? Garpax. Well, that's what they call it. Like one guy's surname name that sells it's tampons. A, it's a combination <laughs> of John Paxson, who former Bulls yeah, player, yeah. and I can't remember the other bloke's name, and they call them, combine their surnames, and it's Carpax. They're running the show uh, as far I'm as the Tampax, aren't I? <laughs> well, it sounds to me like Carpax are doing a bang-up job. Speaking of John Paxson, Pete's going to love this. Shout-out to Pete. And John Paxton. We play... Pete and I aren't gamers. You know, people like Sean who have got FIFA 19. You have to put 18 buttons just to pass the ball five metres to, to someone to you. To your right, me and Pete play the Lakers versus Celtics old style computer game in the office. And business, busy is day, booming. <laughs> Not all day, every day, but in this company, you know, I used to play enough, on, on, enough on the to keyboard. Get tunnel. <laughs> we used to play on the keyboard. Pete used to always beat me because he uses the good keys into the arrows. And I have to try and make up what A, S, D, So you're sitting next to one W and playing on the same keyboard. Keyboard here. on the same screen, right? It's, it's, it's very intimate. Clearly. And he always plays the Lakers. The game's called Lakers versus Celtics. It's an 80s game. I'm with you. So the, I always go my balls. And I'm still, it, it disgusts me how Jordan's not better in the game. I'm pretty so, sure they're all the same. They're just fucking coloured sprites. Yeah. No, well, this is the point. So now I've got PlayStation controllers rigged to the... To the computer. So we're playing off, off controllers now. It's a bit more even. I've done a move. Bill Cartwright gets... I bench him for John Paxson. He's great because he's he's so white, he's pink in the game, <laughs> right? It's EGA 13 colours. Pink was the closest thing they had for John Paxson. Don't leave him open. Steph Curry ain't got nothing on John Paxson in the Lakers versus... He just drains him like a gun out of style. Pete hasn't beaten me since. He hasn't beaten me since. I've gone from 
winning one in every ten to beat unstoppable. Cheat mode. So there you go. Johnny Paxson. Can't get the rebuild right, but... Uh, <coughs> no, it's dog good. shit, but in a game that no one plays anymore. So that was just a little bit of an insight into my Bulls rebuild, but there's not much to talk about as far as basketball. Okay, can I throw something forward? Women's World Cup. Are you interrupting me or what? Why not? <laughs> I want to talk some racing. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. Not my racing. <laughs> you're going to kill, you're gonna no, kill no, Sean. Just world racing uh, on the weekend. Oh, what, what, who's racing? The Arctic so you said world racing. No, the Japan Cup. Oh. So the Japan so horse Cup, racing. Horse racing. Yeah. So Japan Cup was run and won on in the Japan? weekend. It was in Japan, of all places. Yep. Uh, it was won by a horse called Armand Eye. You mentioned this horse. Armand Eye is a three-year-old filly. Um, I think it's only might only be the second three-year-old to win the uh, Japan Cup in history. And is um, Japan Cup a wait for age, or is it what is it? Yes, wait for age race. It's twenty-four hundred meters. It's the same distance as the Caulfield Cup. Um, really, really highly rated race. You know, internationals they frighten seen a run over there. Um, this horse Armand Eye has won, and they're talking about it as being one of the absolute best horses in the world. Um, in fact, the three best horses in the world at the moment are probably Winks in Australia, um, <coughs> Enable running in the in, in Europe. Sean's just done a ten. I'm joking. And, uh, and, choking uh, on and a Armand Eye in Japan, and they're all they're all female horses, which is interesting. Yep. But Armand Eye. One running, and I, I did write this down because it meant something to me. It ran two minutes twenty point six to break the record Good time. in the Japan Good time. Cup. I saw this tweet. You tweeted that for context. The Caulfield Cup what's record Wink's running? is like two twenty five. So what did it run? Two twenty. So run like four and a half, five seconds quicker. So what's Winks running at the same? Are they well, Winks, the same Winks has run twenty four hundred meters once and finished second in the ATC Oaks. She so. ran three minutes. But she's and Wix is running. But she doesn't run. She doesn't run that distance because she doesn't need to. So so she pretty much caps her campaigns these days. at Winx, two thousand and forty meters. She doesn't need to run. I want to say it. Winks is Rocky at the start of Rocky Three. It's getting carried. It's getting carried. It's fighting fucking four guys. No, nah, they weren't set up. They so. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted you to ain't been hungry since you won that about, third Cox plate. <laughs> Just wanted to chat about Armand Eye, one of the best horses in the world performing on the they world stage. They were good fighters. Yeah, that's sort of shit. So it was very impressive, very impressive. Can I throw one other thing up? And I don't know, you guys probably saw this in your Twitter feeds and probably. Facebook feeds and all that sort of stuff. They they had the um, the World Triathlon Series. With horses? Not with horses. Oh, fuck. Um, that would have been And are, are you guys familiar with the Brownlee Brothers? No. Brownlee so Brothers? They make pies, don't they? Or is that Bramley Apples? Move on. It's all right. Now the Branley brothers are. Uh, I don't think they're twins, but anyway, they're brothers. Oh, from, I fucking from, saw it. One of them falls over, and then the other one comes well, and carries him. No, that, no, that that I felt like bodyguard style. But why would I understand you when you lose full control of your body? But why is he? Why is he in the forty-five? He's on a forty-five degree lean back. Yeah, he was on the lean back, wasn't he? He uh, he did sit hit the wall. He could have done the limber. Because <laughs> he's. He's like so cramped and dehydrated. Yeah, but the but the backstory to it for for context, it was the last race in the series, mm. and his brother pushes him to finish. Well, he finishes second. So, yeah. so what was happening was he was coming second overall on the point score, and there was a fella by the name of um, of and I'm going to find this Mario Mola, who was uh, who was leading the series. Is he Italian? 
don't know, he might have been Spanish or Mexican or something like that. Anyway, uh, it's not important. Yeah, it's not important to the story. Not but the upshot was Johnny Brownlee, to be able to win, had to finish top two, and Mario had to finish fourth or worst. So Johnny's gone, I'm in it to win it, and he's gone out real hard. And, and Bad mistake, Johnny. And, he, and he's just, he, he's, he's overbid, he's suffered, and he's hit the wall, and he's cooked. How far out did he hit the wall? Oh, this was, this, he was basically... When, when I reckon he was, 200 to go, it wasn't far. Yeah, it wasn't far, but in the last K, he was, he was battling, and he was, he was going he, into he the was fence. all over the yeah. shop, and like, he, he was, he, he probably wouldn't have made, he would have made it on his own, but he probably finishes, say, 10th. Oh. So anyway, he's going along, some other fellas running along, um, it, was a, it was a South African fella was running with his brother, Alistair Brownlee, and as this is happening, Alistair's seen his brother, and... Like he might have won a bit more prize money by finish set. He probably could have won the race. He probably could have outsprinted. Also looked African. like he, he was going okay with the other bloke. He, he, so he had, could have. He, could he have won. had second covered. He might have won he it. Might have but won. In the end, he's turned around. And he said, "My brother's in this for more." Has picked him up. Has run with him, and and <laughs> the runners behind him mm. were catching up. And when you see it at the end, he basically he pushes him pushes through, him over the line, line for second to get second. So he gets his second, and then the only question was, "Is old mate Mario going to finish?" Well, fourth? him finishing third meant. Mario was only going to be he could fourth only or worse. Fourth, but fourth would have still won it for Mario. Okay. Anyway, in the end, I think he finished sixth or something like that. But I think on the point score, if Johnny finishes third, he doesn't win this world championship series. So in the end, there was there was a lot on the line. Great, good, great vision. It was really like if it was an if it was an Aussie bloke doing it for his mates, we'd we'd have gone. Now who's at, the Aussie bloke who picked up the other man? What's his name? Herb Elliott. Herb, uh, Herb? John Landy. John That's Landy. John and, Landy um, picks up Ron, Ron Clark. Clark. Yeah. Herb Elliott actually he was a, like an absolute fucking champion. Herb Elliott was never beaten. Yeah. Herb Elliott is, never lost. I've got the DVDs of the Dream, which ran on during the Sydney 2000 Olympics. The Roy and HG. Yep. Little comedy thing. And Herb was he did skits like every night for that, and he was hilarious. He was sensational. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of uh, Roy and HG goes a long, long, long way. That was brilliant, that, the dream. Uh, it captured... Fat, like, fatso, the fat ass. When, when, they, when they would have pitched to people, this is what we're going to do throughout the fortnight of the Olympics, everyone would have gone, fuck, this is either going to be amazing or just horrible shit. And it just... Like, we... We drove to Sydney, my family, and uh, and we saw we saw a, a number of events, different venues, different sports, all the that sort of kayaking. stuff. Kayaking. Well, I we went did, to the Olympics as well. But we, the we're, we're the ball. We're, we're an absolute ball. But you know, you, were, Modern you watched the first few days on telly. Drove up. I think we stayed. I can't even remember where. We stayed the somewhere the on car. the way up because we didn't do the full drive in one day. Yeah. Um, Stop we at Edamoga Pub? No, somewhere in around there. It was like Gundagai dog on the tug- yeah. Dog in the tugger box? <laughs> That's where you- <laughs> The tog on the data box. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, had a ball. But yeah, Roy and HG just, yeah. they made it. And you know what the best thing? Tell me what the best thing was. Very, uh, it was early on mm-hmm. and they're chatting away and obviously all those that are in the uh, Athletes Village are cotton on to these guys are pretty funny. And But Aussie humour doesn't always... Translate. Translate. Mm. And they brought John Drummond on. And John Drummond was... Drummond an Amer- Golf? Was, no, it was, was an American sprinter with a massive ego. Like, massive ego. He When he'd run his heats, he'd rip the top off and he'd be there, you know, doing all the posing and showing off the rig and all that sort of stuff. He came on and it was a recipe for disaster because you thought, if this guy doesn't get their humour, this is going to just die like a lead, lead balloon. Yeah. He was amazing. And he was the least American American I'd ever seen. You know what we're going to do, Fabian? Absolutely made it. We're going to post that on Twitter. We're going to find it. Yeah, we I've, got the DV- I've, got, I've, got, I've got the DVD pack. 
So if we can't find it, Mark Philippus's piece pipe with Pat Rafter, and they had. If we can't find it on YouTube, Fabian will illegally stream it off the telly (laughs) and put it on Twitter. Shout out to Bob. What was his name? Oh, Bob Bob (laughs) Test nine, sixteen, and (laughs) twelve. Thank you. It'll be Fab (coughs) Test. So go to Fab Test six. That's the guy who will illegally. How the fuck do you keep missing the start of the rounds? So, like, the stream would come back on and Connor the corner's in a hold. <laughs> You're going, how's he? You look at the clock. So like Connor never, was never on his feet. How did the round, like, three minutes? Yeah. So the round, like, you, the stream. You no, go, no, no, five. Five minute rounds. Five minute rounds. Yeah. The stream would start up and you'd go, oh, beauty, here we go. And it's, like, four minutes 36. Or four, fucking worse, it's four minutes, like, 52. And yeah. Connor's in a chokehold on the ground. <laughs> and you're thinking, it's been eight seconds. How <laughs> <laughs> the fuck did this happen? That was funny. I found my Sydney 2000 Olympic ticket. Cool. So, what did you guys see? What did you say? Yeah, I saw judo. I use it as a celebration. So that, I went to watch Australia versus Italy in the soccer. Cool at the MCG. Oh <laughs> fuck it, that doesn't count. Yeah, no, we oh, were. Was that doesn't count. We were photographer. I can't remember if it was the Age or the Herald Sun or whatever. We had. I was dressed. I had. That, that's good. That's <laughs> no, no, I had a big, I had the big boxing kangaroo flag. <laughs> yep, with my, with the Italy jumper, and my cousin was the inverse. He was the Australia kit with the Italy oh, flag. The Herald Sun photographers would have loved that. Andrea Pirlo, one nil, Italy. Oh, so love um, that. great. That was just good. Good. Is it true that they call Aaron Moy the pale Pirlo? Probably. Did I hear that the Don't other know. day? Huddersfield fans probably do. Yeah, probably. Like uh, Meg uh, Megson, Gary Megson was the ginger Mourinho. No, the Ginger Mourinho is um, Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche. Did we see the Gary Diego Maradona in brilliant, this week? Brilliant. <laughs> when we went, so Diego, tell us, uh, tell us about the standard. Did they cut I'll watch it? I watch it for twenty something. Like it was it just all that? I moved on. I watched it for twenty five seconds, and I thought, how long does this last? I yeah. didn't even wait. I just no. Nah, Did you on. see him in the change rooms when he's celebrating the win? Yeah, I saw that. He has sniffed a pillowcase of something before that. <laughs> the funny thing is, when he's being interviewed, you actually look at you going, I reckon he actually thinks like he's actually enunciating words and part- saying things, yeah. and he's just not. <laughs> I'd like to think that there's part of him, though, that's. I've taken Still the piss. with it? I'm taking the piss here. I, he, he can't be. How the Argentinian Football Federation appointed him coach Tell me about not it. that long ago. Like, what? Four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah. Maybe eight years ago. So two World Cups ago. Oh, maybe. Far out. No, 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 no. But do you know what they figured? They figured, we got an outstanding team. They, we don't need a manager. Coach themselves, Roger Federer yeah, We don't need a manager. <laughs> well, we... He was... How did do, we, do we want to talk about the Copa de Libertadores? Is the... Look, in, I haven't been ten over. days. I think it's in it ten days. It's it's, but it's, it's there's a rumor is it'll be in a neutral venue, which is, is, is probably it, a good idea. Is it Boca River Plate? Yeah, one of my teams. Oh, which one? No, no. I had a mate. Uh, shout out to Andrew Sevilla, oh. Sevilla, who was half Argent, half uh, half Argentinian, half Spanish. Okay. And he went on a holiday to Argentina when we were in like year ten. Year Did 11. he bring you back a Boca Junior shirt? He brought me back a river. River Plate. You know who follows River Plate? Fun fact. Me. David Nobandian. There you go. There you go. He's Argentinian as well. Anyway, so the Copa de Libertadores, as Lucy Zelich would say. Yeah, correctly. (laughs) Um, Second leg was probably rightfully abandoned in the end after the Boca bus was ransacked or, you know, 
by uh, River fans and um, in an attempt to disperse the unruly crowd, the police ended up tear gassing the Boca Juniors team. Uh, several of them were vomiting and unable, in no fit state to play. And they were going to play the game. They were dead set going to play the game. But I think to their credit, I think River have read the writing on the wall and thought we can't allow this to go because if we win the game, mm. it'll never, it'll yeah, always it'll be never the, get any credibility. So where are they playing it? Uh, the rumor is it'll still be in South America. There was in a Dubai, there, like the Pakistan cricket team. Don't know the dead set. That was one of the rumors at one point. Was it may have been played in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be somewhere in South America. It might not even be in Argentina. But it's not going to be at uh, El Monumental, which is Rivers' Why they, they home ground. They should have just played it, despite the pitch being an absolute atrocity in the NFL shift in their game from there. Wembley. The Azteca. Oh, the Azteca. Just move Wembley. it to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they may end I'm up. So those people there. would still be absolutely. That's just, be that'd be one of the. It's one of the great rivals. You know what's happening? People were leaving. So this is like their Champions League final. Is yeah, that correct? It's yeah. a South American Champions League final. Yeah. Be like Manchester United playing Liverpool. In the Champions League. It's final. exactly like Man United playing. Um, yeah. And Boca fans, or whoever it was, maybe River fans, but they were leaving the stadium, the match has been called off. People were getting robbed of their tickets. They were getting beaten up. An unruly mob turned up to uh, to burgle fans leaving the stadium for their tickets so that when, obviously, those tickets get honoured, yeah. I've got it. A solution, on-the-fly solution. I know it's not the custom... But why don't you just play it over two legs? They do. They so, are. So what's the issue? So the what? The first leg was played. Oh, so the first leg's already been played. Yeah, so fir- I'm not over it. Yeah. So the first leg was played, and that was played at uh, La Bombonera. Yep. Well, I think it was played at La Bombonera. The black bomber. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> You're an idiot. La Bombonera uh, means uh, the black bomb. Yeah. So it was played there. Doesn't it? And uh, yeah, yeah. it finished. <laughs> uh, it finished two all. And then the second leg set to take place at uh, River um, obviously didn't go ahead because the fans decided they'd rather riot. I, I must say, in world football, I love how football club supporters get penalised by games being played in front of no crowd. It's great. I, like it is, If it's the only way that you can control your supporters and say, what are you here for? What are you, what are you existing for? If you want to watch your team play, smarten yourselves up. And tell your mates to stop being fuckwits. What about I mean, you know, like the, fantastic? Way back when in uh, nineteen ninety nine, the Rock and Mankind fought in an empty arena for the World Championship. There you go. To, you know, so it's been done. <laughs> oh, Mick Foley. Mick Foley was he Mankind? That was his uh, name. Yes, one so, of the great goals of Rick- all time is from Mick Foley. Mankind. <laughs> no, 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 no. What one of the great moments of in all time, time in terms of holy shit was when he was thrown off the cage. I'll get. I'll get the goal. <laughs> Up and I'll you think about it. That's good to him. Yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> just, he's giving you nothing. When the Undertaker, no, no, when the Undertaker throws him off the hell in a cell, there you go. And it's like, holy shit! And fuck. we just dropped him and he landed on his back and. Yeah, that, that wasn't meant to happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the cage roof wasn't meant to break. Oh right. That's a great moment of all time. Nineteen ninety-eight, King of the Ring. Uh, can you tweet that? <laughs> yeah, we'll tweet mankind getting thrown off the hell in a cell. Nineteen ninety-eight, King of the Ring. Can I? What are you looking for? Can I do something? I'm just, trying to look up. There's, there's, like the BBC or the ITV had, like the greatest goals of all time, and there was this one goal. Can't remember. So I think it was an Inter or a Lazio player scores it, and it's in front of an empty stadium because there's obviously a crowd band, and you hear this ball hit the back of the net, and it's phenomenal. You don't get that bit of 
that bit of audio if there's crowd there. Yeah, you probably get a huge cheer and reaction, but uh, I'm just trying to figure out who who hit it. It's from a free kick, and he's. Just- I really liked uh, when the the Chicago Cubs won the World Series and they crossed out the front of Wrigley Field because obviously the game wasn't at Wrigley Field; it was um, in Cleveland, and uh, the fans were like watching on their phones and whatever when the final out happened and like they were all out the front of Wrigley Fields and they were mm. ballistic. That was yep. good. Yeah, like those sorts of things. Um, we're obviously going to move into footy in a sec. Can I start off by reading out a poem that I read Fucking on Facebook? Thank God you didn't Jeez. say that you wrote, you wrote it. No, Jesus. no, no, I didn't write it. No, I, I read it. We're moving into poetry. Wowza. No, no, I, I didn't realise this would look, become an open mic night. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're obviously amongst friends here. and uh, So long know, as you didn't uh, write this, you didn't no, write this No, I did this not yet. write this. This is written, yeah. by, written and posted by an, a bloke by the name of Don Carlos. Don Carlos. So shout out to Don. Does he go for River Plate or Boyd? Well, I think he's a bit more of a River Plate fan. I think but he's anyway. an Independiente fan. So... But humour me with this. It, it's it's there's a bit in it, but it's not ridiculous. But I I just yeah, I, a, I read it and I thought, look, I think as Carlton supporters, we've been through a bit. Can you read it as a Diego Maradona post match? <laughs> 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 so no. Anyway, here we go. This is Don's poem. Don Carlos. Is he? Sorry, can I just for clarity? Yeah. Did Don Carlos write this about Carlton, or have you co-opted it? No, th- this is Don writing about Carlton. Okay. So he goes. Here we go. So it's not like he's done like, you know, um, If by Rudyard Kipling. No, no, no. Here we go. He goes, uh, I support a football team with a history of passion and pride, but over the past 20 years it seems that something important had died. A proud history and a culture of success, so many legends of the game. It's been sad to see. It's been shattering. Things have not been the same. Many coaches, many players and terrible decisions made. So many players we held hope for that just couldn't make the grade. Coaches that promised changes and gave us optimism and hope. They failed and are now long gone because they simply couldn't cope. My club has been down and been a laughing stock, been so hard to bear. It seemed my club was a shambles in a state of disrepair. So I thought about my club's glory days and how much it meant to me. Jezza, Dool, Kernahan and Bradley in 16 cups for all to see. The Dominator, Nichols, Southby, we even dominated in the mud. Diesel, Fraser Brown, Favola, Peter Dean, and who can forget Chris Judd. But finally now things are changing after what has been a hell. If you stop and listen closely, you can hear the warning bell. It don't ring too loud at the moment, but you can hear it just the same. This bell will now keep ringing and get louder with every game. New champions are developing and will soon become household names. They will wear our navy blue jumper with pride and we will win many games. The pride and passion that's been missing is now very near. All the other clubs know it and they all have reason to fear. For the confidence and swagger will soon return. You can smell it in the air. For that bell will soon ring much louder. Take us on if you dare. Many clubs will cop payback and will be thrashed at their own game. The sleeping giant is awakening and Carlton is our name. Go Blues. That was actually genuinely very good. I really like that. I really like that. So who who put that together? Don Carlos. It actually says at the end, Stan. Oh. Truly yours, your biggest (laughs) fan. It's either Stan or Don Carlos, but either way, um, a fair bit of passion went into that. That was And and I think it actually... That that was well done. It was... I read it and I thought, as far as a forum here goes, I thought amongst friends, you'll appreciate that. I actually hadn't seen that. Yeah. No, good one. That was very good. Um... No, like, as that's, uh, 
Sorry, Fab's just going through a hard drive, and he's got different sport, football, basketball, whatever, and he's got categories. One of them is commercials. He's got sports commercials well, on his hard drive. That'll be Super Bowl ones, won't it? Nike, right, the future. Wait, no, what's the one? Is the right the future the Guy Ritchie one with, um, uh, what's the song? No, it's not. This isn't the one. I'm thinking about the one where he's, you're on point of view. No, that's of, um, that's Guy Ritchie directed it. And what's the song? Um, I can't remember. No, yeah, I know that's, that's not the song. I know the song. Yeah, that's not the one you're thinking of. You're thinking of the wrong song. Um, what's this? That's not the one either. This is the wrong. You still got Sorry, the wrong ads. Move on. Yeah, move on. This we, is making for great pod. <laughs> what are we talking about? Well, we were talking Carlton. You're finishing off talking about soccer. So. Do we move into what's this is, happened what's in the draft this, this is the one. Yeah, what's the song? I can't, I can't remember the name. Is this going to come through? Who knows if this is coming through? A little bit. <laughs> it's a great ad. We'll post it on Twitter. So uh, was this directed by Guy Ritchie? Sorry, we're just watching an ad on the screen here. It's called Take It to the Next Level by Nike. This would have been a 2008. Yeah. Funny, funny thing about this is Guy Ritchie obviously films it in that point of view camera, that sort of, which he would then go on to use in like uh, Rock and Roller, Sherlock Holmes. Rock and Roller. Fucking great movie. Bank robber. Fucking yeah. brilliant scene. Yeah. And then he just puts it back on. He knows he's going to cop an absolute belting. He's like, fuck it. That's a fucking great movie, Rock and Roller. Kelly hates Rock and Roller. What's well, a good I've film? I've never even heard of it. Rock never even heard good of it. movie. It's a brilliant film. Do okay. yourself a favor. My favorite Do bit of the whole, my favorite bit of the whole movie is when the uh, Russian the Russian mafia guys come in and they they're, they're going to beat this. They're going to kill one two. Yep. And um, they've like tied him up and they've got the music playing loud. And they're like drinking and they're they're going to like they're going to torture him and kill him. And he's like tied to the bed. And Mark Str- Arch Mark Strong walks in and he's like he's got this like what the fuck is happening here look on his face. And he looks at Gerard Butler on the bed who like looks up and is like yelling at him, like, help me, help me. And uh, he goes over, to the, they're listening to this really loud music and Mark Strong walks over to the radio, like turns it off and goes, this is a bad time, one, two. <laughs> He's just got this brilliant look on his face like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, good, do yourself a favour, good movie. Rock and roller. I'm rock and roller. roller. All right, moving on. He's a real rock Lead and roller. Lead us, Sean. Well, I'm not leading us. Who's leading us? I thought we're talking about the draft, aren't we? Oh, lead us, Tim. All right. Well, let's talk about the draft. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked last week about a couple of the permutations that we sort of had at our fingertips and what we thought we might be able to do. We got our first top six right. Move for move, top six we, we predicted right. Well, we did. It wasn't like it wasn't really hard, but um, the only thing that was going to change is if we or any other team made a move for those picks two and three. Well, and to be honest. And I reckon the first year of live trading, I think, I think teams were always going to be just a little bit gun shy. They were, they were going to wait and see what other people not, did. Not all teams. No, and that, I think that's the thing that I loved the most about it myself. Um, and I think what's interesting too, and, and we'll probably get more into the details as we get in a little bit further, but I read something that was really pertinent the other day whereby there were three AFL um, managers that went to the NFL draft this year. They and were? They, and they talked to teams. They 
un- sought to understand how do you arrange draft boards, how do you go about live drafting, what's the, the machinations, how do you communicate with the other teams, mm-hmm. how much discussion have you had before, how has the strategy played out, you know, and obviously you react as things are happening. Obviously, they didn't watch draft day. They would have got all of that. This is exactly right. I don't know who the third person was that went, but two of the managers that went were Stephen Silvani yep. and Brad Lloyd. Yep. And obviously, Brad Lloyd's come to Carlton yep. as our football manager. Yep. So have the two guys that have probably put the most time into this process. It's unsurprising. Wouldn't have been Dodoro. No, not Dodoro. Dodoro's the Tom Michaels pancake-eating motherfucker. Do you, oh, That's what, a draft day quote. What, what I would love to know... You're talking about Brian Drew? <laughs> what I would love to know For a is, film he hates, he quotes it. No, don't, he, tell yeah. talk, don't tell it's me about memorable. He doesn't like it, but it's memorable. Don't tell me you're talking about Brian Drew. My query, we always said it, we always reckoned Dodoro bid on Jack Silvani just to be a bit of a prick. Yep. I wonder whether Mosquito. he was always going to... T- like, he really did he really, really want Irving Mosquito? Because I reckon they've got a few small forwards. I don't think it's an absolute need for them. I'm Like, I've heard other people say they reckon um, Fantasia will push into the midfield more now as a result, and, and they rated Mosquito as the best small forward in Who's the draft. Who's pushing into the midfield? Orazio. It's Fantasia. Fantasia. It's Fantasia on this podcast. Well, like Duke as well. Oh, I just... It's just- <laughs> Duke. His name is not Fantasia. Okay. That's a Disney movie. Fantasia. Fantasia. You anyway. can say, you don't have to say with the accent. Fantasia is But the enough. thing that I found and the thing that I, that I, I, it sits really poorly with me is at the end when Hawthorne turn around and say, we haven't matched it, and Dodoro asks the question, did we get him? And they go, yes. And Dodoro sits there and does a little fist pump. And I reckon there's a I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's gone, fuck, I didn't want him. Yeah. And there's just, that's, that's for. Just for the camera. For the mm. camera. Yeah. And look, he might end up winning a Brownlow medal and he might be fantastic. <laughs> oh, and, uh, Jesus. Yeah, but I don't, I, don't th- I don't think he will. I'll be stunned if he's on the list in three years. Um, with the, <laughs> you, the draft- you had him win the Rising Star 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the Rising Star, yep. Will Setterfield is the favourite to win it. He is. He Jesus. Is. But look, uh, and we were about to chat about this off pod, but... I reckon when you look through past winners, there's a bit of a formula, and the formula is a first-year player doesn't win it. An Generally. 18-year-old kid is is not seasoned enough to be able to put together 22 games. Who at was the, the last host. 18-year-old to win it? Was Andrew, Andrew McGrath. McGrath. Dyson Apple won, does it? So if, if, L- if, Louis if, Taylor was a first-year player as well, but, Jesus, put but he played in a Louis. very, very bad side. <laughs> the socks down, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. But as a general rule, what you want is a... Uh, a highly regarded player who was yep. probably underdone when he came into the AFL system. He doesn't play his full 10 games in his first year, but he does another preseason. He's ready to go. He hits the ground running, and he impacts straight away. That That is your quintessential rising star winner. I know we uh, tend to talk about Carlton a fair bit, so indulge us while we do it again. But all the talk about what we did on draft night, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. We, we love it. Love it. We sit here, shout out to Kevin Keegan. We we sit here and we, we you know, listen to idiots in the media all year after bad losses as, you know, <coughs> oh, they're going to get the number one pick. We listen all year to these people saying they're midfield. The midfield's no good. They need midfield depth. Yep. They, Paddy Cripps needs a chop out. They need midfielders. They need midfield depth. That's all. They need midfielders. And then, look, I know this is not me having a crack at myself, but the idea, the, the night comes along, so we draft the most prolific ball winner 
and statistic gatherer in the history of the underage competition Yep. at number one. Yep. Midfielder. At number 19, we see a, an opportunity, we see a window open for us to get Liam Stocker, a midfielder. Yep. By trading away our first pick for Adelaide's first pick and their current pick. Yep. On, we, the, we on the back win. of ha- having traded for Will Setterfield. On the back of having got Will Setterfield. We, we can't win. Like you sit there, these people going, oh, well, they're just trying to win the number one pick. At some point, as a football club, our strategy has to evolve beyond top three picks. Oh, look, mm. Absolutely. At absolutely. some point, we have to get better. We're not going to get a top five pick. Yep. And as Stephen Silvani said, look, I don't necessarily think this will be the case, but it could very well happen. Oh, you might have just you might have just given them pick one. And Sosa's response, deadpan, was what if we finish above them? Yep. Which was a great response. Adelaide have taken a calculated risk, and I don't blame them for doing it. Look, it's a great trade for Adelaide because if they take care of their own business, yeah. um, they give themselves their best chance of getting a good return. They played in the grand final fifteen months ago. Yeah, like they they have not. There hasn't been talent galore gone out the door. There's yeah, a but big, hold on. There's a big question over the culture of the team, the fabric of the team, and their unity, and all these sorts of other things that are going on. But if they recapture that and they're back to playing their best footy, they're a massive chance. Here is my, uh, here is what's called devil's advocate. Yep, right. Everyone says Adelaide played in a grand final two years ago, so they're going to win the flag. Right, all these nuff-nuffs. Oh, well, they're Adelaide supporters for starters. So if we're taking taking two years ago as a measuring stick, we won seven games. Yeah, that's right. So we're not last. We we won seven games. We're getting judged on this season and where we're at. Yep. And mind you, no regard to the debacle that is the Gold Coast, who have a mortgage on pick one. Oh, look, it's it's a given. Right? It's a given. They, they may as well give it to them now. But Adelaide, all of a sudden, no, they're, they're 20, 2017 Adelaide and Carlton. Are, it just it shits me to tears. Like, well, the fact they use the whole potentially pick one. When, mate. Well, it's potentially we get the number one pick out of Adelaide. Yeah, like if they win the wooden spoon, we just got pick one. Yeah, it does, the likelihood just, of happening is, is seriously it's low clickbait. percentage. But that didn't incense me. That didn't incense me as much because I thought, dickheads, clickbait. I'm not even going to respond to any of those posts on Twitter. That dickhead from ESPN, Chris Dore is his name. Sorry, to, to, I reckon he's done it intentionally. Yes. And I reckon he's Maddie's Maddie Walsh's mate, right? And Maddie's obviously a Carlton fan, so he's. You just put it out to the masses to, to get a reaction. You know what the shame is? Chris Dorr had a shitload of credibility. He, he did on the, on the footy yeah, boards. He'd, he'd been on Big Footy. He posted under a, a, a name Nightmare. Fandom. And he'd spent probably six to eight years of rating players, doing massive long uh, reviews. He'd do his mock draft. And, he, and look, he clearly follows it. He knows it. He understands it. Um, and he's now got a gig with ESPN. And he's, he's look, fantastic effort. Mm. Because all of a sudden, ESPN said people want to hear what's going on, and rather than getting Harold Sun get Gary Bacanara to do his like his his, his yeah. thoughts on it, Gary's they, passed they, it. They the picked this guy up from nowhere, and he's got a career out of it. And you're going, good luck to you, well mm. done. You then get the opportunity to sit there and going, right? How Carlton's gone in the draft, and as you say, they've taken the best kid in the country that addresses their need, and no one was stunned by this. Like I challenge no. anyone to go back. Everyone said... However long, and everyone was going, Walsh is one. It's like someone was having a, having a dig at Weirring at number one. Yep. And I, I was at someone at, at uh, work, and I said to him, 
I challenge you to go back to 2015. I'll have you go back to mid-2014. And if you can find me a single article published anywhere in the world that suggested a name other than Jacob Wiedering... There was two. At number one... Yeah, there, there, there was... Very, as I got about halfway through the season, it was it was always Wiedering or Shaggy. That's that's all it was. Mm. Do you need a defender or do you need a forward? That They were the only questions they were asking. And we asking. were building from the back... But the only other forward. two articles that came out, they basically said Aaron Francis is the complete utility. He can do everything. Really talented footballer. Um, could be considered a pick one. Probably not, but could be. Mm-hmm. And and, and that, was, that was thrown out there. And at the same time, halfway through the season, Charlie Curnow started playing midfield for Geelong Falcons and started absolutely dominating. And then he re-injured his knee, and he basically only played and about drink, uh, drink ten or twelve driving. games of footy. And then he obviously had his drink. I that's why he slid. He but, may not have got one, but he, he should have gone. But early. the, the exposed of- form wasn't enough there. So that there was four yeah. guys that were genuinely linked to pick one. But the point I'm and, making and is only Shacky was the only one that was had, ever really considered potentially being higher than Weering. Weering was a, yeah. a, a lock. So you had a sense that don't fucking criticize anyone after the fact when everyone was saying it's him. So when you pick the guy that everyone's saying on oh, number one pick is Walsh, yeah. So we're going to give you a D. We're going to rate your draft. That's the a thing. D. I'm not here. Fi- I'm not fishing for if an he A plus and a good feel good story. B plus, yeah, because you you're done. saying I thought there was a better player available and you could have gotten a, like or, he did. Or say, if you he doesn't like the whole nineteen footballer, if he doesn't like nineteen for our future pick, that's fine. But a D, a D is that's a that's a failure. Well, it's a slap in the how face. Do you, how do you the take the best player in the country? How do you take the best player in the country and it's a complete failure? Correct. You know what he should have done? If you wanted to be controversial... Like, what's he judging us on? Finbar O'Dwyer? Yeah, if you correct. wanted to be controversial, he should have just given us a question mark. But the whole thing's a question and that would have, mark. No, yeah. but that would have accomplished the same thing if he had have said, we don't know yet. Yeah. I, I just thought it Look, was... Look, he wrote an article... Like he was a, he's an amateur journalist, and he wrote an article that made him look like an amateur journalist. Yes. That's, that's all but that But he happened. wrote an article pre-draft saying he believes Carlton shouldn't take... Sam Walsh, and that's his opinion. That's Correct. fine. Stand by your opinion. Don't give him an A. Give him yeah. a B. Give him yeah. a B plus and say, I have reservations. You don't give him a D because the kid that you got's a jet. Yeah. So it just it made him look foolish. Um, and if, as we've been saying, we can harness the competitiveness that we had when we won seven games two mm. years ago, and, and we lamented at the end of that season, they said, look, we're a really, really young side. We battled to run out some final quarters. We were often in front and didn't win. And you sit there and you're going, right, well, two years later, like at the end of that season, we trade away Gibbs. Yep. We lose Sam Doherty to an ACL. Gibb. Gibb. Bryce Gibb. Bryce Gibb. It, it, it absolutely rips the guts out of your team. No doubt about it. And then we had injuries throughout the year. We don't have to back over it, but yeah. obviously Cruiser carried injuries. Murphy was injured. Um, Plowman was injured. Um, Marchbank was injured. Marchbank was injured. Pickett was um, injured. Wheatering was injured. Williamson was injured. Um, Williamson, was Williamson injured. barely played. If he played, I think he played JLT, and that was about it. He might have played AFLX. Yeah, and we just we were slaughtered. And but look, it is what it is. And and again, you know, the articles about us. Mm. You know, you might have traded away pick it's, one. It's, well, the bottom line is we're the reigning wooden spooner, and until we prove otherwise. We're possibly the worst team in the competition. Yeah, so no one, so I'll, a, I'll, wear, I'll wear the speculation of what we might be, but when you strip it all back and you look at it for what it is, you get all those kids come back, you bring in Fasolo, you bring in McGovern, you bring in Setterfield, you bring in Nick Newman, you draft Sam Walsh, 
You move up to get Liam Stocker, who clearly you rate highly, and that's why you've taken him. Mm. You've added that to your midfield. You've got a couple of project players in Finbar O'Dwyer and Ben Silvani. They're not going to be playing senior footy next year. Mm. You bring in Hugh Goddard, who I'm not a massive fan of, but he was a guy that had talent. But again, if he's playing footy, it's either he's belting down the door or or we've had a couple of injuries. And Tommy Bug, when you've just sent Jared Pickett back to the VFL to say do a little bit more work and get yourself fitter, Tom Bug's probably playing in the forward pocket in the first game against Richmond. I don't mind the look of Stocker, by the way. I thought he looked unbelievably yep. clean, and he was able to break his his ability in traffic. And he had he looked like he had time and composure. He's got good skills. He uses both feet. What if this kid's good? And it, well, this is the thing. Hmm. Look, the and what rumor, we were discussing, we were discussing is, is Sauce is rating the eighth best player in the draft. That's the what, rumor. What does that mean? But there's also that the story that's come out. From the draft that, and all highlights are, all highlights are good, obviously. Well, the and problem is you're going forward, and the whole, the interview we had with Richmond, Richmond. at the combine yep. was don't believe it, mate. Richmond had a fucking hard on hard on. Yeah, but but he's got some home truths told to him about two way running and so forth. Richmond had a fucking Richmond. Oh, <laughs> what's the what's the line? What's the departed? Give him a whiff of my ass, they'll crawl. Richmond had the biggest hard on for this kid, and they'll they'll fucking like getting in his head a bit. Yeah, but he's he's coming I think out. They were challenging him though. Yeah, and, so. and but he recognised that he needed to get better at that. But I said to to Fabian during the week they interviewed a fella and I forget what his name was, but he coached the Halebury school footy team, and obviously the story coming out of Halebury were the King twins and maybe know, Lloyd was an assistant. Yeah, he was. And so the day after the draft, they interview him and say, "Tell us about Max. How good was he? How good he could he have been?" Tell us about Ben, you know, what position will he play at senior level? You know, he's always played in defence when his brother's been there and you can't play him both forward now that he's in his own team. Where is he going to play? Yada, yada, yada. We all know this. And then they turned and they said, oh, you also coach Liam Stocker. He was really one of the stories of the draft. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. He, um, he was one of the younger ones. So he finished year 12 the previous year. So he's... Liam's been able to sort of commit a fair bit to his footy this year. Mm-hmm. But he said um, the previous year, um, we always challenged him a bit and didn't think that he was fit enough. But he said, we took GPS data off all of our players. And he said, and invariably, when he was playing off halfback flank midfield, um, we always thought that he didn't have a good engine. But he always ended up putting up pretty much the best numbers out of anybody in the team all season. So maybe when they do running sessions he doesn't do great in a running session but on field and, and again maybe he doesn't run back the other way and maybe his opponent gets gets away from him a couple of times and that's that's what the focus needs to that's be that's development tim that's development and and again that was 12 months ago and the blokes that knew him the best he's aware of it he's done extra work they said he's already been doing a bit of training with um was it Andrew Brayshaw or Angus Brayshaw it was one or the other it might have been Angus Brayshaw mm. i think um, doing a bit of extra running with him in this last month prior to being drafted. So, again, he sounds like he's a pretty professional kid. He yep. interviews fantastically well. Good build on him. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and the reality is you sit there and you go, you try and pick your team that's going to play in round one. I don't have Liam Stocker in it. No. I don't have Daisy in it. Uh, I don't even have Daisy. I, I, I had eight guys to choose from on the bench. I didn't have Daisy in that. And that's that's probably a bit rough because you could probably find a spot for him if you really wanted to. Yeah, he probably but... starts. <laughs> well, look. He had a good season. Look, he was given the Doherty role. He he couldn't he couldn't fuck it up. Um, he did fine. Mm. I Again, you, you sit there and you say, what's our team going to be round one? I'm more interested in 
what's our team going to be like in three years? Now, granted, there's a couple of rounds of free agency to go through. There's mm. a few more drafts to happen. Um, so you got, and- you got Josh Kelly in that side? Not yet. And that's the thing. So we just want to double back. I've said this on Twitter a bit that people lamenting us trading away our first pick next year. We're not using our first pick next year. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably right. We're not using our first pick in 2020. Yeah. The price for a top-tier free agent has been set at two first-round picks. Yep. We ain't using first-round picks at the draft. And the two first-round picks, is never, it's never been two number twos or a one and a future. It's, it's, it's always been... 7, 7, 10, 10. Yeah, something like that. 6, 15, so, whatever so it happens we're, Yeah, we're going after Canelio, Kelly, whoever else it might be. The rabbit would be amazing. But, I mean, that's the thing. So people are mending the fact that I think that Sauce's attitude in the war room, sweet whatever it was at Etihad Stadium that they're in, was we're not using these picks. Yeah. When Can you I just throw... The, I said this to you before you throw to anything. Don't throw, don't, don't throw a biscuit at me. I'm not throwing orange cream. Um, <laughs> I said to you, when they took um, my sister-in-law at one, Sam Walsh at one. Bold move. They they were all content. There were a few smiles. But when we took Stocker, it was like they were going to blow Sauce in the room until someone said there's a camera on us. It was, they were wrapped. Sauce yeah, sat down happy. and buckled up his pants. <laughs> so if that's anything. Well, Timbo, we're going to transition now because you've been working on our best team. All right. So uh, what, is this next year? This is next year. Okay, beautiful. Well, so so we're, we're not skipping forward because, again, I, I love the navel gazing about where we're going to be in three years, but there's too many holes that are created in those three years to know who is going to be there, who's not going to be there. I've put a couple of asterisks next to players in my mind just about how do they improve over the coming years. Well, and, we post this, Sean. Maybe. No, well, we can just listen to it. <laughs> I, okay, I've, I've started off... <laughs> Back line? Back to front. I was going to say, you're not going to do like the old fucking sauce bottle in the fridge and go forward, go front no, like the all no, Australian no, team. No, we always go what back What the line. hell was that? So well, the back they, line reads... Didn't they reads, toy, toy with the 6-6 six, six, and 6? Six. They were just reading at random... All def- Australian team yeah. was doing like full forward and full back. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. the Herald Sun and that, they started to... Like a couple of years ago, it was just backs, midfielders, forwards. Like, I mean, just give me this. Just give me the lines. Give me the, yep. the three. Lay it on us, Timbo. Especially this, now when we have to start from these positions again. It's, correct. This is going to upset you. Okay. <coughs> My full back line, Cade Simpson. Yep. Yeah. Jacob Wiedering. Yep. Lockie Plowman. Yep. <coughs> upset you because Liam Jones isn't at full back. That's all right. I don't know if Liam Jones is in the team, to be honest. His season this year when he was playing was horrific. Half back line, Tom Williamson. Yep. Caleb Marchbank. Yep. Sam Doherty. Yep. Good line. Good line. There is an asterisk on Tom Williamson. Obviously, we don't know how his back's recovered. We don't know how he's going with his Crohn's. Um, He's uh, a player. He's got Crohn's. He's got Crohn's. Jesus. Shout out. Uh, Shout out to Crohn's. Um, So we're we're hoping he gets back to everything that we always thought he was going to be and looked like he was going to provide. But, you know. What is. Like, how big is the chance that he could shit himself on the field? No, when you're on the field, you're okay. Why is that? Is that a safe space for you? No, nah, it just doesn't work that way, Sean. It's um, if you hear Darren Fletcher talk about his illness as well, because Darren Fletcher's got got Crohn's disease, you don't get rid of it. There's no cure, but um, it's more to do with once you're out there in your training. I don't know why you're not thinking about it. No, nah, but I think your body is so worried about everything else 
functioning. So you're not you're it's not psychosomatic. You're not dropping you're not dropping your guts. Yeah. But but you're not trusting farts yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get too graphic, but if your insides are bleeding, so even if you you wake up and you do your normal morning routine and you 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 clear for the day. If your if your insides are bleeding, well there's going to you know there's more to come. It's more to come, and then you, yeah. you know. It's All right, let's give like us the diarrhea. wins. Tim, you can't man. hold that All stuff. Right. So center line. But it's about his his physical. Like if he's losing blood, yep, and he's obviously so it's fatigue, it's recovery, and all that. That's what will hamper him, as opposed to shitting himself on the field. <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah, to I'm you. more worried about the growth and we'll, the we'll development and strength and all that sort of stuff yeah. than shitting himself on the field. We'll but get I'll back around to Doctor Guadagnino. We'll only play home are. games. <laughs> can't wear can't wear white shorts. Correct. So, you ask the question, don't tell, yeah. don't send a line. Okay, now you gave us an answer. Ed Kerno, okay. who's lucky to be yeah. there, but uh, I'm on I'm, a wing. I, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, he runs. Paddy Dow. Yep. Which also maybe it's a bit early to sort of say that you're in chuck the centre full time, but no, chuck him he's in there. In there. Mm. Sam Walsh on a wing. Yep. Okay. Where are we? No, he'll be playing. I can don't. No, no, no. I, I just there's a yeah. wingman. There's a wingman who I love. Who you don't have in it. Half forward line. Zach Fisher. Love him. He'd be on a wing for me. Yes, that's what I thought. I I, I tickled a few of these around, and there's a couple of guys that are they can move. In the end, I just thought Ed Kerno, mature body, run all day. I, I just thought, although he may not be your most dynamic wingman, I think he's your most reliable, and that's why he ended up there. So your half forward line: uh, Zach Fisher, Charlie Kernow, Mark Murphy on a half forward line. Yeah. And again, you know, when you're naming Paddy Dow and the guts, you know, they'll all change around. They're yeah, not yeah, playing yeah, yeah. In, in fixed positions. I don't need to tell you that. Um, half, half forward. Uh, sorry, full full forward line. Another asterisk, and it's an obvious one given previous week's headlines. Jared Pickett. No. Um, I think I've always made known that I rate him and I think that he can play, but he's he's been a glimpse footballer only and he needs to put more of it together. And if he's not towing the party line at the moment, I don't know how much you can rely on him being in there. So I, I think, I, I I think he's on, potentially on borrowed time. I rate him. I think he's an absolutely superb talent. Yep. Um, but, but at the, at the, moment, the moment, it seems, it feels less likely than likely. Well, as you say, if you pick up the paper in four years' time and you read about... Uh, him playing in the waffle, you're going, yep, fair enough. And if you read it and he was coming fourth in the leading goal kickers, you'd probably go, I get that too. Yeah. Let's hope it's closer to the latter than the former. Uh, full forward, Harry Mackay. Forward pocket, Mitch McGovern. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some of the questions with Mitch McGovern is, is he going to play more high half forward and be more sort of centre half forward yep. type linking player? Well, that'll probably just depend more on game strategy and where his needs are. But it, he, he's going to be important for us. Matthew Cruiser in the ruck. Oh, sorry, yeah, followers. Yeah. Paddy Cripps, Ruck Rover. Surprise, surprise. Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, Roving. Love him. I'd have him on a win. Oh, well, but he's always he's a been of more value in traffic. He he wins his he wins contested footy and inside ball. That's what he yeah. that's what sets him apart. One of my favourite moments time. of the year was when he did that little shimmy against Richmond, Richmond. and he sent about four players going the wrong way. His first quarter against Richmond and was the fucking it was one of those moments where like the it's pathetically sad that it was the first 10 minutes of the season but it was one of those moments where the whole like the whole crowd just went oh yeah it was like this yeah. awe moment it was I don't just want magnificent. to call Samo soft because I like the kid if he gets it into his game and Paddy Cripps there's been highlights on the website where Paddy's telling him when you run and you're attacking the ball he he moves he moves either to the left or right so his, his hands he's still trying to gather the ball he doesn't have his body and his momentum behind body it. Line because it. he's 
He's slow. He wants to be... I know he's slow, but he wants to have the opportunity to get out of there. Yeah. You know what, mate? And I'd, Paddy Cripps, at training, I'd, a couple of times, told him, and he went through it, and Paddy was the first one. Well done. Get, if he starts beelining balls and getting them, serious There's part of me yeah. that sometimes thinks that's, that can be overrated, though. Because you look at it and go... Mark Murphy did that a couple of times, did the right thing going yeah, for the no, ball and it cost him half a year. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. no, no, I'm not saying no, recklessly, but to he, win a ball that would have been a fucking throw up. He he loses know? footballs yeah. because of the, his positioning. Liam Jones, when he goes up for a mark, twists his body to avoid contact. And it costs him the ability to mark. Yeah. Now I'm not saying to recklessly go in for the football, but there's ways you've got to position your body. And once you've got it, Cripper was saying then Arms up, then move. They always talk about a real like good footballers when they hit a contest. They're already looking for the exit and and understanding what's the next move. Not this is the next ball up. And I think Samo's a little bit exit oriented. Yep. Um, and as you said, there'll be a balance because as you, as we said, when he gets it right and when he holds <laughs> the ball up and guys run mm. run past and he he just. He sees space and movement really, really well, and that's what great footballers do. It's the ability do. between winning your own football prolifically yep. and not. Imagine Ryan Houlihan oh, yeah. won his own football like Sam Mitchell. Yep. Imagine the football we would have had. He'd be a phenomenon. I've had a guy we used to go to the football with that once said, and I quote, Ryan Houlihan sleeps with the lights on. Yeah, good. one of the favourite lines. It's, what was the, it was about the Wakeland brothers, wasn't it? Um, my interchange. So my first. Stop, so I, I'm sorry to pivot back on that. Oregon Hula was one of the most overrated players to have ever played for the Carlton Football Club. No, from a skills point of view, I, I, I've said this is probably the most skilled. Fucking geez, our bars low, mate. That guy used to kick no, into no. more fucking oncoming people than I reckon anyone who's ever represented us. Look, given time and space, Fev's always said it. Because they were best mates. No, but. He did look after him in the interview, but I, I agreed with you. You can't dispute Ryan Houlihan's skill. I can. I reckon, he, I reckon he's one of those guys who, just as he was unfairly maligned as, and they didn't use the word Senior right. Say Chris Yaron couldn't take a running bounce. Just as he was unfairly maligned as laconic. Laconic doesn't mean lazy, it means brief. Yeah. But just as he was unfairly reminded of that, that's a word that sounds like the meaning people think it has, yeah. rather than actually it doesn't actually mean that. Yeah. Everyone else was, oh, he's laconic, he's this, he's... That was unfair. Just as unfair as everyone says, oh, he was a beautiful user of the ball. I reckon he, he was fucking, a beautiful I reckon he fucking munged I mean, as many I, as he I'd got I'd say right. Scott Pendlebury is laconic. Is he brief? Hmm. He's short. Well, he's not short. But I, like, I love Scott Pendlebury. Right. I love, he's just got time. Love the type of footballer he is. Interchange. Lockie O'Brien. Love him. Ooh, yep. Matthew Kennedy. Asterisk. Like him. Like him. Yeah, Asterisk. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're losing, this, you're losing me. No, no, no. Well, for, for what he was expected to do, he was held I'm not back saying by the ankle. Lockie O'Brien isn't good, and I'm not saying Matt Kennedy isn't good. I'm not thinking you're playing all of them. Matt Kennedy well, looked fantastic the as well. until he looked like he did his Achilles, yeah. which was 15 minutes into the year. Mm. Liam Jones, obviously you need a tool, and he can kind of play both ends, and he can back up ruck and all that sort of stuff, so he's floating around in there. Where's Will Setterfield? Have you picked him yet? Uh, do you want to wait? Next pick, he's Will, Setterfield. Will Setterfield. <laughs> so he's he's my first choice. Four is there, and then you sit there and you're going, well, there's Liam Stocker, and he may not be ready to play round one, and that's fine. That's right. Nick Newman's not in this team. Yet, yeah, I think and he'll I play. Really rate Nick Newman, and and the Tom Williamson asterisk possibly. This is all about depth. 
Oh, yeah, well, it, totally, totally. Tell you and, what. And, and again, who plays on a wing? Nick Newman could be on a wing. Tell you what, boys. You know who's going to be fucking good next year? The Northern Blues. Yeah, well, they, exactly that's, right. That's what we need. That's what we've wanted them to yeah. be. Yeah. Alex Fasolo floating around there. I think Tommy Alex Fasolo is getting a game ahead of Pickett. Ahead of Pickett. Pickett. Tommy Bug, another guy that could be getting a game ahead of Jared Pickett. And then uh, old mate Dale Thomas is your ninth bloke outside of your first 18. I think, Dale, I think Dale's in the round one team. Um, a favourite of mine is David He probably Cunningham. comes in on that side for Lockie O'Brien. I like David Cunningham, and we've said this before. He's a Just guy that feels to me like, and I'm sure they are, somebody needs to tell him you are good enough. Yeah, spot on. The shackles need to be taken Someone off Someone needs to tell him you're good enough to play AFL football. Well, somebody's got to say to him, right, David, you're going to play the first month of the VFL season for the Northern Blues, and do you know what? At the end of the first four games, I want you to have 100 possessions and kick 12 goals. Fucking Jesus! In in four games, Fuck. so 25 and three every single. You'll win game. the medal. There'll be, a, there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of this. One two, one two. <laughs> he runs fast, but he can do that. You need he can do that, and he should be doing that at VFL you level need to tell. in his fourth year. Of so week. you're thinking he's going to have 25 and kick three? In Every the twos, week. In the twos. Jesus. You know what he needs to do? He needs to play behind the football yep. and take the game on. He's not Chris Yaron, but do but do that sort of do stuff. Do that. He was and involved. have an on-field leader. Murph's no longer captain. You say to Murph, Dale every Thomas. time he does this, get over it him. Doesn't come, it doesn't matter if it comes off or it doesn't, you get over to him and you pat him on the ass and you say, keep going. He was integral in our best goal of the year. Yeah, the Geelong goal. Our best goal of the year was kicked by David Cunningham. It was. He was integral in terms of like... Oh, I've got a better goal than that. Nah, that was the best goal of the year by a fucking mile. I've got... Because that involves like Dow, Cunningham. Matty Wright's goal in round one where we run it from... Well, he ran out the back and got a cheap ball at the back. No, he marks it in the goal square. Yeah, yeah, another way. We run the length of the field and then... But the Geelong goal was young guys. It was Paddy Dow. Yeah, just fucking work rate, desperation. Paddy Dow's goal of the year. Actually, that was a good fucking goal. Paddy Dow's goal of the year. No, the one against Geelong was easily goal. goal. I'm pretty sure the club runs one of these competitions. It's probably been awarded. It's probably on the website. Yeah, maybe. Is that that guy? So that's your team. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) We're going to Freo. Yeah, whatever, mate. Um, I uh, I was at the Geelong game. You were at the yeah. He was at the Gold Coast game. Yeah. You saw a win. I almost saw <laughs> a win. In a two-win season, that yeah. was inspired. Tim oh. saw a win against the Gold Coast. What did we see, Sean? We saw Bongo Cam. We saw Bongo Cam. Bongo Cam, Cam yeah. Wow, yeah. What a fucking Jesus Christ. What a disaster that was. And it was no good from, like, the first bounce. Mm, horrible. It was like, you've picked the wrong team, dickheads. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, we're going to go into a, a special segment now that we haven't <laughs> heard of in 26 weeks. Because it was an unmitigated disaster, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with it again. We haven't really thought about this. I just proposed it before the pod, and we went we went at it. Yep. We thought, well, let's do it. The Rushmore is back, <laughs> backed by popular, uh, yeah. backed by no demand. <laughs> we're gonna do the Rushmore, <laughs> and because we've had nothing else to talk about, we want to talk about Carlton. We're gonna yep. do it about. Carlton. It's a light sports week anyway, so it's, it's probably a very up. light sports week. Yep. Um, so this the back half of the episode will probably be cut up into a Carlton special. Beautiful. Um, and a bite-sized uh, special for Carlton fans out there who want to listen to it. So effectively, the Rushmore is just the four. It's it's subjective, mm-hmm. but it's not the four best, the four most important. So you think about in the Mount Rushmore in America. What have we got? Lincoln, Washington, Roosevelt, Jefferson. Yeah. So four great presidents uh, up on the, the Rushmore. 
So mm-hmm. the idea is like the four, I've come at it from maybe like the four most influential, the four most important members in the history of the Carlton Football Club. Jeez. So we've got, we got four heads. What the fuck are you Jesusing me for? It's hard. It's hard because I didn't know that criteria. You just told me to name the four. What? Four people I'd have on my on my Rushmore. Well, that was my criteria. Your criteria might be different. Okay. So do we want to go one proposes one and we see if we can reach a consensus on that person? Yep. I will lead then because of the silence. Yep. <laughs> I propose the first face on the Rushmore, in no order, by the way. There is no order on the Rushmore. If you're on the Rushmore, it's an honour. It's not about placing. Jack Worrell. Yeah, that's what I was, I was trying to think. Jack Worrell was the first professional coach in VFL slash AFL history. Mm-hmm. Coached a team to three three premierships, I believe, yeah. six, seven, eight. Uh, yeah. Just in terms of he was the trailblazer, is, as I said, the first coach, and his influence, if you look at the record thereafter, cannot be disputed. Yeah. Yep. And he's and also a player as well, played for the club too. Yep. Yep. I, I guess. So is this going up by consensus? No, you can't. You have to have Jack Worrell is the first. No, no. He's the first coach of the Carlton well, Football Club. The, and he's a three-time We'll, we'll all be nominating. Coach. All right. Well, because cause we're going to talk about, we're going to talk consensus and all that sort of stuff. The only it has thing to be response, consensus because it's... The only thing I would say in response to that from a coaching perspective was... David Parkin more important as a coach than Jack Worrell and was Ron Barassi more important as a coach than Jack Worrell and David Parkin? And I think all three of them have got skin in the game. But I, I love your nomination. Sorry, no, it's, it's a nomination. I, it's love, a nomination. I love your nomination. Do you want to give your first nomination? Well, I'm probably going to be a little bit more you know, square about it all. And I just sort of think, when you think Carlton royalty... Don't take my man. And you think... Who is who is the most important footballer that has played for our football club? It's John Nichols. This is the great thing because we are such we're a club with such history. There are going to be nominated, and Jack Worrell deserves to be on the Rushmore. Yep. Does he get there? We don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> John Nichols. He's got the friggin' medal named after him. Yeah. Does he deserve to be on he the Rushmore? He took it off Robert Reynolds. He did too. What the hell did Robert Reynolds do wrong? It's called the Robert Reynolds Memorial Trophy forever. And they just went, nah, it's not called that anymore. It's called John Nichols. My nomination? I know who it's going to be. No, it's not. His surname ends in a vowel, I'm tipping. <laughs> no, this guy's an adopted Italian, especially in our house. We love this man. Chris Yaron is not on the Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. not, and Mick Martin's not on the Rushmore either. <laughs> um, uh, games record holder, oh, captain. Longest serving captain in the club history. This man is on the Rushmore. Stephen Kernahan. No one has kicked more goals for the Carlton Football Club. Two-time premiership captain. President. President. And legend. Chairman of selectors at one point, probably. No, he's, he sticks is undoubtably. So that's my nomination. Well, of your absolute pure modern-day footballers, and, and again, because you, you, can, you can split them up into categories and you sit there and you go... Stephen Kernahan, Stephen Silvani, Greg Williams, Craig Bradley of your absolute silk company. Why don't you just name everything, right? So then we and Sean have got absolutely jack shit to talk about. Well, no, well, you can you can highlight these guys as we go along. But yeah, of the modern era, Sticks is the one. What are you doing? It's a visual gag, but I'll pull that highlighter. I don't, I don't get the gag. He said I could highlight, oh, okay. and I pulled out a highlighter. All right, Sean, give us another nomination. This man is the 
It's hard to say. I love how we nominate and Sean's like. It's hard to say. Sean's got the chisel. It's hard to say. He's hanging from a rope. <laughs> it's, I'm going to have to talk a bit louder, fam. I can't hear you. I'm on the mountain. <laughs> he's he's abseiling down. <laughs> Shoving sticks of dynamite into little holes going, all right. Yep. What are you saying down there? <laughs> the next man on the Rushmore is the architect. It feels strange to say modern cult, but he is the father of modern Carlton, George Harris. Yep. You, you, you're going... You've, 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 gone, taken you've, it, gone, you've gone more strategy. Yeah. George Harris is the architect of modern Carlton yeah. and what and what he did yeah. for the football club in terms of taking it from where we are sort of now in a weird sort of way of being sort of just middling nowhere to... Um, Sean was the, putting together this Rushmore late 90s. To the dominant figure... In VFL football for a couple of decades. You'd have Jack Elliott in there who'd just be trying to chisel away modifications to Jack's face. Turning it into someone else. <laughs> yeah. Putting a moustache and some glasses on No, it. no, it's 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 a more than valid nomination. George, George Harris for me is if if George Harris doesn't make the move he mm. made. I never thought about putting non players in there. Oh look, I absolutely thought about putting non players in there. Because oh. as you say, influence I'd be putting myself in. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's a bold choice. You probably don't quite. You probably hit the cutting room floor. Put it, put it that way. I don't know if Fabian fits my criteria for the Rushmore of Carlton legends. Tim, give us a nomination. Uh, well, I'm looking at two. I'm looking at two, and I'm just. And look. I mean, there's one who is just. I've got two that are in my same category, yeah, and I, I can't nominate both. But you're, you're probably- well, put it this way: I'll put one in, you put the other one in. I'll put in Alex Jezelinko. Alex Jezelinko was uh, one of the dominant footballers of his era, and I yeah. think he took the dynamic style of football that he brought to it. I think he drove football forward a decade. Well, he's a mod- he was not necessarily, as we class it, a modern player, but for the late 60s, 70s, oh, yeah. he was a modern footballer. Well, I had- he, he could have played mid-80s, 90s football and uh, and just fit in a See, treat. Dad always said that. He said one of his favourite players when he was growing up was um, Brett Croswell. Yep. So he said for the same reason. He said he just played a different game. Yep. Because he just played it. And Polly Farmer, we've spoken, I think we spoke about this ages ago, but this idea that... Paulie Farmer was one of those players who just was ahead of the game. Yeah. The way that he played it, he was so, such a natural yep. that he didn't play it like everyone else does. And you yep. see it in different sports. Messi's like that. All these other guys just come along and you're like, fucking wow. Yeah. You just get it. Yep. Yep. It can't be coached. Can't be taught. It's just it. You just get You've it. You've got it. Yeah. And he's got a great backstory too, Jezza. You just so. don't yeah, know. You don't know how you're doing what you're doing necessarily. It's just natural. Jezza was on my list. So. Was he one of your two that you were trying no, to No, the two two blokes I've got in a, in a similar category, one is they're both more in the modern era. One's pretty modern. The other one is probably the era before, before him. But just looking at volume of work. You're not putting fucking like Wow Jones on there, are you? No, I've got Bruce Dool and Craig Bradley. Yep. Well, I was trying to choose between Dool and Jezelenko. And in the end, I just thought if I'm going to try to choose one over the other, you got one that coached the team, and the other one's probably just a bit of a I'm pure wallflower. So I'm pure volume. As, I'm pure volume of the two blokes I'm nominating. I think Jezza gets on there. Yep, just as Mark Jezza, it's not his face. We got three faces, and Jezza's coming over the top of them. Number twenty-five. <laughs> and um, good call. Whilst Brattles has obviously got the volume 
I'm Bruce. Yep. I just think Bruce is such a revered figure at the club. You know what I love about this conversation? Like Brattles for me. I love Brattles. I went, went over it and I just went, fucking sorry, Craig, you're not getting in. When you've only got four... I went mm. fucking. I go. I like. And to so me, the I, games record holder. I'm saying even, this no, is how tough it is. The games record holder maybe doesn't make it. Now this guy's an absolute champion, and you sit oh. there and just go, "Yeah, you just yeah." He played not, 98 games at Port Adelaide before he came to Carlton. Sean wants to say his games aren't Kate Simpson style games. They aren't. <laughs> this guy would have played on another year. But he look, he's just he's outstanding. He and played 90 odd SA, SA NFL. So uh, in the end, who was your that. nomination? I'm going to give Bruce Dahl. Yeah. I've watched I, – I, I mean, I've been a Carlton supporter for a long time. Um, but I hadn't watched a lot of the old grand finals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that – because in those days, you didn't you didn't have the games on video. They yep, didn't yep. show replays. You do your grand final uh, you know, marathons at night. But when you're a 10-year-old kid, well, you're not allowed to be watching it at 2 o'clock in the morning. And Why I'd not? So back. I always laughed at that. Like Fabian would have a reason, fucking some stupid reason. But what else are the kids doing? What are the disrespect? What are the, these what are the kids? What are the kids got to be awake for at eight a.m. on Saturday morning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was allowed to. Like seriously, who cares? Stay up until four. One in the day morning. of the year, it's Friday before the grand final. I was allowed to bring. We had a TV in the kitchen, a little black and white TV. Yep. I had to. I was allowed to bring that into my bedroom, wire it up with some some rabbit ears and. Watch the grand final marathon, and you fall asleep by it. Yeah, of course you do. And you wake up and you watch a bit. And then I used to love, you know, the under 18s grand final was the first. Like grand final day was brilliant as a kid. Harold Sun Shield. It, 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 it yeah. is dog shit now. Parade, it is absolutely uh, dog shit. Not saying not the games aren't dog shit, but but what, the, you, what you're missing out on yeah. the, like the opportunity cost of of where we've moved to. So I, I agree. I, I used to love watching the under 18 grand final because. You'd watch games where there was tagging and flooding and all that sort of stuff. You'd watch the under-18 grand final. It was pure footy. Mm. And they played footy in the positions that you grew up on and you saw genuine talent and you saw kids that were out there trying to express themselves. I still remember watching Chris Johnson kick five in a grand final and taking hangers on blokes on a half-forward flank wing. And this this bloke ended up becoming possibly the greatest back pocket of all time. Carlton supporter. Far out. Yeah, yeah, love sauce. Um... But what I was going to say is watching those old grand finals and you'd sit there and you go, I remember an old Bruce Dool playing footy, but I wanted to watch Bruce at his best. Mm. And you thought... I Pardon wanted- the pun when he was flying. <laughs> but I wanted to watch him and I said, what did he do? What made him special? And you watched this bloke play and the two things that were just, just punched you in the face when you watched it was... Sideburns? He never went to ground and he never fumbled the ball. Mm. Clean. He was as clean a footballer as I have ever seen. He was, and it, it was, it was almost, it was almost uh, balletic the way that he did it. He was just, yep. he was so nimble and agile and balanced and controlled, and yet he was also, he was a little bit Matthew Scarlet like in that he would run off out of the back line and he would create. I thought you were going to say like, he was a little bit Matthew Scarlet like in that he was terribly overrated. No. <laughs> I just picked up a bin and vomited. <laughs> but no, no, but the one, in, and I agree, the Matthew Scarlett argument, I just don't even think exists. Um, so why'd you but, bring it up? Well, no, no, <laughs> just, 
No, the one thing that I've always liked about Matthew Scarlett is he was a very attacking big man and he'd take the game on, he'd try and create from the deepest line. I liked line. It how and he Soss, developed Soss did that too. You I know. liked it how he developed a reputation as being like the best fullback in the competition despite never playing on the best full forward. Mm. It was a remarkable effort on Scarlo's part, really. Mm. Never played on the most dangerous forward, yet had this reputation as being yeah. the best stopper in the game. People also say they love how Steve Silvani was named fullback of the century and having played three years at fullback. Well, he was From, playing on the big fucking forward. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Well, right. Not going to get an argument out of me. Nah. Good. A childhood hero. Um, the boss. So, and, see, Sauce and, the boss. And Sauce. At bigpond.com. It's, it's probably still active. Don't email it. <laughs> and like Sauce. Like Sauce didn't make the shortlist for the Rushmore. Well, well I've, it's I've, funny I've, thinking about it now. When we win our next premiership, if it's on the back of the recruiting by Stephen Silvani, he's, he's up there in, on he's it. A, he's up there on, in Apollo. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right, rather than a jersey. We'll chisel a fucking fifth head on I, I don't see how he's not on there. Sauce? Nah, nah. For me, and once again, that's a Craig Bradley thing for me. For me, it shows the strength of the champions, the cavalcade of champions we have. That Sauce, like, doesn't, he's not on it for me. We don't have much better. I'm not. I don't disagree. I'm not saying that we. Yeah. See, but you've long. you've come at it from a different angle, in the sense that for me, there's no way that Sauce is on it ahead of George Harris. If we win five premierships a row, in a row in the early twenties, Sauce reaches or George Harris's face to look like Sauce. Sorry, George. <laughs> I'm gonna chisel you out. All right. So who's nominating next? Well, it's back to Sean now. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I just think it's it. you want a two-play ball on a four-man Rushmore. You want a Jack Worrell and Harris, and I wanted Kernahan as well. I don't think you can have two administrators or or, or non. I, we understand that Jack played, but you're not nominating. Jack Worrell is responsible for about eighteen percent of the club's premierships. What's what's David Parkin's percentage? Well, he what he won three as well. So I can't have David Park in here because... No, he's done other he's, stuff. He's Fitzroy, not a calm man. Hawk, and neither Hawk, is Ron Barassi. To me, Ron Barassi does not make nah. the Rushmore. See, that's why you, so you have Harris because Harris bought Barassi in. Harris mm. targeted Barassi and got him to the club and changed the way we did things and ultimately ended up ushering so we, in a magnificent era. Have we got a consensus on at least two? I so think that Kernahan is... I think is, Sticks is a given. Absolute. Just, there's no contest to Sticks. Even though it's a four-man... Finger sticks is in the middle. <laughs> sticks is in the middle of a four man. Yeah, yeah, there's three, and then there's no sticks. Just Linko taking the hanger. We said this. No, before. doesn't sticks have to be on the end so he's that chiselled mullet can be like jutting out, blowing in the wind, <laughs> or wet with beer. He's at yeah. Norton's. <laughs> Ch- sticks mullet was weird. It had like this. The '95 Premiership poster just just depicted it perfectly. It had like this angle. It looked. It was. It was. As iconic a head of hair as I've ever seen. Oh, that's the wrong fucking post. That's got um, Greg Williams that's on. It's got Greg Williams. Sticks is on the eighty-seven one there in the in the middle. Yeah. Um, you want to give me any contest that we're we're looking at a poster of what are they meant to be? They're they're WEG yeah, commemorative they're... premiership posters, but they're not. So they're the ones that are at Norton's. So if yeah, you go to Norton's okay. around the bar, they're the posters. They're the ones. On. Yep. But uh, yeah, so we've got Kernahan. Is just he's on it. Kernahan is on the. <laughs> he's wall. on it. Um, can I just throw a couple others up? Um, we're not fucking. We're not seriously. If you give me something stupid, like Stephen Kenner or Ricky Mott, Ricky Mott. There you go. Number thirty-eight. No, I was just going to throw throw up. Where where does John Elliott sit? 
He's not on it. He's not on it. No, no, I, I, I don't expect him to be on it, but I think he's... But, I think, I'm, but I'm not in the camp where I wipe I, everything no, no, good that Jack's done. What, I think, about, I, what about Dick Pratt? Dick Pratt's not a bad shout. But ultimately, ultimately, Dick Pratt, you sit there and go, I think there's a certain degree of hyperbole with regard to what he did was extraordinarily important, but the AFL wouldn't have let the Carlton Football Club die. Yeah. So there is, I think there's a little bit of hyperbole in that, well, if Dick Pratt doesn't come in, then Carlton give the keys back. It's like, no. I think we go down a very dark path. If we'd recruited that five years better than what we did, yeah. on the back of the recruitment of Judd and the rebuild and all that sort of stuff, we might not have won another flag, but no. I think we could have been in the argument for a little while longer, and I think when we fell, we wouldn't have fallen as dramatically as we did. No, I agree. But again, that's the five-year recruitment thing. But the the Judd influence, he just might have influenced more through the era than what he did. Because, Mm. again, I think his influence on Patrick Cripps has been immeasurable. Uh, And I think, really, for where Mark Murphy's career is at and where Matthew Cruz's career is at, any influence that Judd had on them probably isn't going to Mm. manifest itself with great success. Second, John, John Nichols has to be on this. See, John the, Nichols has to be. I'm a, John Nichols for me is a little bit like he's I'm, a revered figure. I don't think he's one of the greatest players we've ever had. Like Diesel and Juddy, I don't even mentioned. No, I don't think they. See, for me, Nichols is, and I'm not saying that Jez is not on it, but Jez is ahead of Nichols. You reckon? Yeah. Well, I got Jez, if, but I've got Jez on the mountain though. That's what I'm saying. Mm. If in terms of, I, the I, say, I've got room I say for Nichols one. is ahead of Jezelinko, and, and I think in that era and and the '60s, '70s, '80s run, it started it started with Nichols, I and mean, he was he was such a uh, physical. He played with presence, like he played with a presence that is. I think you're you, have you, both. you rarely ever seen. I think you're going to have both. Well, but then as you say, and then you're choosing between so, Warrell and Harris, and I think that's fine having one coach slash administrator. On the mountain of four, it's 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 a player's game. You've broken him. Honestly, oh, you sit there and you just go, "This is not what the Rushmore's about." Yeah, no, but I'm. Saying, I think you have fundamentally John misunderstood Nichols has the a Rushmore. medal named after him, so he's obviously revered at the Carlton. Football so does Chas Brownlow. Yeah, right. true, but so did Robert Reynolds. And then they took it off Robert Reynolds. <laughs> they said, "Sorry, John, Rob." John Nichols. Yeah, but. He's a revered figure. They upspect. I think. I look. I think Alex Jezelenko is a revered figure at the Carlton Football Club. He's iconic. I think Nick. Nick is uh, no doubt an extraordinarily important, extraordinarily influential figure. But I think that something that colours, like Dad, for instance, was a bit when they announced the 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 twelve best players in the history of the Carlton Football Club. Yep. And Nichols was number one. Mm -mm. He was like, oh no. When know. it's pure players, no, no, yeah, no. He but was like not, not on representation. I was just saying then, like in this discussion, we're not mentioning Juddy or Diesel, and Diesel's ahead of Juddy, but well, their body work wasn't great enough at Carlton. No, it's right. Carlton alone wasn't a full full career. Which is set for the what same reason why an enormously influential well, figure will in, be ahead of John Nichols on body of work in a Carlton. It's jump. like the enormity of what Barassi contributed. Is somehow, yeah, it's discounted because as influential a figure as he was, and he was no doubt incredibly important, um, he's a Melbourne man. Hmm. And he went to North Melbourne, then he went to Melbourne. Well, he shows it now in his latter years that he, he's, a, he's a Melbourne man. And yeah, he's made it 
a mark on our history. And when you write the history of the Carlton Football Club, there's a huge chapter on Ron Barassi. Which to me... is not on the mount. To me, I think that I, I personally, I think Harris has to be on it. I... Yeah. I tend to I, agree. I, I, yeah, I do too. You're going up, Georgie boy. I'm chiseling you in now. Chiseling him with a keyboard. Shout out to George. So Jezza, Sticks, Harris. We ha- we don't have consensus on, on John Nichols. Oh, the John yeah. Nichols one, for, it's, I don't know. Like I sit there and go, there'd be a lot of people out there who... It's they don't know why it's a given. Why don't we put it out there, Sean? There's a lot of people out there who why don't we put it out say, as a poll? Would say John Nichols and they Can don't you really know why. It and not have John Nichols on it is my. I'm 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 tending to agree with him. Like I, when was he's that? not even he's not my ear. You know when you said you go back and you watch see, watch bodies of work. It's you just like I said. He's a revered face. It's not because I have seen. Him play, and I've seen his body of work, and think, nah, nah, this guy needs to come. It's just to borrow a line from Dave Chappelle. It's his aura. Hmm. It's his aura. But yeah. people don't understand it. People don't have to understand. Carlton people but understand. He, in it. his era, but Carlton people but, understand. But they don't understand why. But he was also in his era. He was the game's record holder. He had withstood in an, in a seriously physical era. Hmm. I mean, bikes were getting belted week in, week out here. It was hard. It was the hardest of hard footy, and he was the hardest of a lot of them. Like we, we'll all look back at Luke Hodge and talk about his era at Hawthorne and what he meant to that side and the hardness and the competitive edge and the drive and the leadership that he gave that uh, overrated. <coughs> look, sorry, but for what he's, but what Thank he, pardon. what he represented as opposed to what his outfit was. He was seriously <laughs> important, and Nichols is cut back. <laughs> <laughs> Nichols, Nichols is that footballer of that era. Well, you're making a compelling argument. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I th- I think we can throw that out to the masses. Well, say that we've got three givens, and we've got, got three givens. Well, who's our third given? Jezza. What's Dool doing? Well, Dool's he's up for debate. Jezza's ahead of Bruce Dool. Well, I had my choice between the two, and I went Jezzelinka. You know what we got? I like it. We can do a we can do a, a Twitter poll, and we yeah. could have the three on the wall: are Kernahan, Harris, Jezza, and, and then the four, four spots are Jack Worrell, uh, Dool, and John Nichols. Nichols and Stephen Silvani after five premierships from the current current mob in ten years' time. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have we don't have brattles amongst that crew. That's what I'm saying. Fucking hell. Sauce is a team of the century. AFL team of the century. Well, there was four in it. From Carlton? Yeah. Nichols, Dool, Silvani. Williams. Williams. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. It was on the bench. It's on the bench, mate. Yeah. But again, half of the Sydney. Yeah. Uh, when it was named. When it was named. Plugger? It was Gary Ablett and Williams were the only and, current. And so- well, Sauce. Sauce is in the middle of his career. It was 1996. Sauce played until 2002. No, it was team One. of the century. Yeah. AFL team of the century. Oh, so it wasn't the team of the 1900s to hmm. 2000. No, it was 1996. It was in the centenary year. That's why Silvani's nomination. As time passed, now we look back and go, yeah, Steve Silvani, the greatest fullback of all time. No At doubt. the time, us Khan supporters didn't dispute it, but others were going, David Dench. Like, no, no, you exactly. go back to the centenary Kelvin match. Like, centenary off. match in 92, Soss is playing full four. Yeah. 
Yeah, Sauce kicked 200 goals. Yeah. yeah. So I can understand <laughs> not that how, how it got. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it was a good day. It was a really good day. I can understand how we got some noses out of joint at the time. Look, but I, as time went on, he justified. But, but as as we've sort of said, he played in a golden era of full forwards, and he was the standout, and he was the guy that they that the great players feared to play mm. against because they knew they had their day cut out because they were playing on sauce. So to convince me, mate, I had the no, number one on my back. Yeah. So who's the fourth member of our like maybes sauce? Sauce. Well, as you say, sauce or Brattles? Sauce, Fuck. Bradley, Dool, Nichols, that- and Worrell. You're five. Or other. Can you put other on there? Uh, we've only got... We've only, yeah, actually, that's a good option. Other, please specify. So great player. On. Great player. Please other. specify, yeah. That's me. Could, could other play. is me. Imagine, other, imagine people nominate me. What about Anthony Kudafidis? No. No. Mate, Kuda's not even on the short list. That's how fucking good this club that's used good, to be. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, Kuda, Kuda's... Left his mark on the history of the Carlton Football Club, no I, doubt. Well, put it this way. with Peter Dean, is, is, well, we used to call him the family man, but he's never going to be on something like this. But no. You look back and you go, oh, I love the Peter The contribution, Dean. yeah. I love Peter Dean. Who, if, eh. who played, if you can bottle yes. the best football that any one player has ever played at the Carlton Football Club, who is it? Is it, is it Judd at his best? Chris Yaron. Yeah. <coughs> Fair call. Jesus. Well, because that's what I was trying to think. I thought Sporadic, well, has, has To be honest, to be Kuda honest, it's, pro- it's probably either Cooter or Fev. She's fair. When Fev's two quarters against Essendon when we were down by 42 points. Yeah, but he's playing against a finished Mel Michael and a shit-ass Dustin Fletcher. Still playing on two blokes, mate. Yeah. Not at the same time. But when time. Fev was up and running, he was agile, he was quick. Love he was Fev. freaking Scary, wasn't he, accurate Love beyond... Fev. I think some of Juddy's best... Is at Carlton, at Carlton, still good. Some at of his best is saw the highlights of the Brisbane game when he was at West oh, Coast. Oh my game. lord! But some of that, some of that stuff, oh, like well, he kicked five that day, four in a half. Five. Yeah, in a half, thirty and five. Yeah, wow. Sticks. I mean, I sent you a thing up in Sydney, obviously with the uh, the A League over the weekend, and um, they had uh, the sticks after the siren game, eighty seven. Yep. Fucking Jesus, guy kicks. He has. This is in nineteen eighty seven. 18 touches, 14-odd marks, kicks six goals. The older generation. Jesus. And that you, was the North game. Yeah, it? You listen to You listen to your, like, your James Brayshaws, and that, that people from him and older speak about when Jack, uh, Steve Kernan's name comes up, Jack Kernan, <laughs> when um, Steve Kernan's name comes up, he's, he's revered. Yeah. He's revered. People in the media post that, I don't think he gets the rip. people. Well, Carlton supporters love him, and but I think I think the important thing is sticks. People his forget, best footy was centre half forward. Nineteen ninety one, everything played through you. Nineteen ninety one was the first year Mike Sheen put together his top one hundred. Yeah, Stephen Kernan was number one. Yep, first player to be number one in the in the top. His best player, not not a good player in the competition. This is, this is Ablett, Dunstall, Lockett. They're all in there. Best player in a comp was Stephen Kernan. I still remember they always talked about Sticks coming to Carlton and all that sort of stuff. And before he came, so it must have been '85. He played full forward for South Australia. Kick ten on Chris Yarren on a Chris on Chris, Yarren. Yarren. <laughs> on Chris Langford uh, and kick ten. And you've gone. Is that when they had that stupid white stripe yeah. on the South Australian jumper? Yeah. Like, there's like a white portion of it. 
Yeah, yeah, usually it's just red with the yellow. It was like a bit like the Frankston Dolphins Guernsey at the moment. It was red and had, yeah, had yeah. vertical stripes and a crest. Yeah, it was shit house. Yeah. I love that Captain Kernahan documentary. Oh, that's it. With what? the what was it? The KFC burgers or whatever the KFC. Yeah, Harry tells that story. Yeah, yeah, Harry tells that, that story. But yeah, now the Captain Gurnahan VHS got an absolute flogging, flogging. in the house. What a man! And so, every time we met Sticks, like you go to the club, to, you know, you get you get autographs or go to see him train. Where he was always phenomenal. Do you know what? Do you not? Get and when that that day, remember the captain's luncheon yeah. in twenty eleven? It would have been twenty eleven. Mate, he went from he went from great to greater. Yeah, if it was at all. Possible. Oh Jesus! In my time working in the club, and even little things like we're, we're getting a bit off track, but uh, Sticks was still. This is in twenty twelve to sixteen on. This is a part of the pop people are going to love. If Sticks turned up at the club for whatever reason to do a whatever it was, and he was always more than willing to do it to come out and do an appearance or whatever, um, he was still the king. People of a certain age who saw him play particularly, obviously, um, would just gravitate towards him. Yep. And he still had that aura, as you mm. spoke of. He still had that aura of... And to his eternal credit, um, and this is maybe because he's a footballer from a different era, but he would he embraced it. Yeah. And people would come up and you do the classic... Uh, oh, and they, everyone calls him Sticks. Yep. Yeah, he sticks. You know, Photo goes. Yeah, right. right yeah, yeah, no worries, but you know, you know. And he was always the, the most, the nicest guy, the most polite guy you'd ever meet in your life. Don't no, no, keep talking. Don't worry about what I'm Fabian's doing. trying to find a photo, presumably of himself and sticks. And, <laughs> but the one thing I was thinking is, obviously, these days. Are you even a Carlton fan if you don't have a photo of you yeah, and sticks? Yeah. <laughs> but that should be like the photo of Jesus when you walk into the Italian house. Every Carlton house has got a photo of you and Sticks. What I was going to say is the modern era and the go-home factor and how many guys have ended up going back to you know, clubs, states that they came from, whoever they buried for and all that sort of stuff. And when you had the Adelaide Crows created, mm. they would have thrown everything possible to oh, get yeah. this bloke over to Adelaide. Like, not, not just... A little bit. It is they threw the state at the bloke. The old man was one of the absolute doyens of South Australian football, and after, despite it, everything that they offered him, uh, he never went back. Like it, it is absolutely. It gobsmacks me to think that this bloke didn't go. Like how he didn't go back. Just I. I don't even get it. Yeah, to be honest, like he he shouldn't be held. Up as one of the greatest Carlton people of all time because he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. He should have gone, gone back, back to Adelaide, Adelaide. Yep. and he never did because he said. I, and I think the other thing is he was so principled, saying, "I'm not coming to Carlton until I finish what I'm doing here at Glenelg." So he said, mm. "I'm doing my Carlton bit," and he's still doing his Carlton bit. He's an absolute champion. Correct. Um, you know, and Peter Motley. Oh, Motts, uh, and people probably forget. Or That's you know, a great photo. People, um, you took that photo. Clearly, <laughs> but that is a, that is a great photo. People probably don't appreciate, yeah, this day and age. Um, now that we're twenty odd years removed from Sticks playing ninety seven, he wrapped up. Um, just what an absolute champion he was. Yep, and, I don't and continued to be. I don't keep my memberships, but I've kept that one. The Sticks, um, what do they call it? The testimonial membership. So on the front of the ninety seven memberships is a Stephen Kernan testimonial. Yeah, okay, got that. 
So we're going to put that out on Twitter. Our, our wall at the moment, we've got three Kernahan, George Harris, Jezza. And we need help for uh, to determine the fourth member. Uh, at the moment, the options are Jack Warren, Brewstool, John Nichols, or other. You'll be invited to specify the other. Fabian's just going through a photo album here for some reason. What's that scan of the team photo there? What's that? The school photo. Go to that. That'll be the Herald Sun Shield final team. No, 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 no. This is uh, North Reservoir under tens. Why the fuck have you got this? Because I'm in it. I don't care. Me. Where's Jesus. Tony there? Yes, Tony looks like Tony looks like the Terminator. <laughs> He's a mafia mafioso figure. Tony's got to coach this soccer team and then go break someone's hand because <laughs> he owes, owes. He's like the Don. And is Vince Russo the uh, assistant coach down the other end? No, that's Alex. Alex Monachi. Is Tony? <laughs> Who was the best footballer in that time? Assistant team manager. Um, on potential. Are you the big... on potential at the time? Adrian Mayorana guaranteed. Are you yeah, the big? Best are there. you the big dopey idiot at the I'm back? The big tall bastard at the back. Now, Adrian Mayorana had had the potential. Didn't amount to nothing. But Stephen Pace ended up playing at Melbourne Victory. Stephen so. Pace. He was called Stephen Pace at one of the presentation nights. And his <laughs> old man went and reminded everyone that not everyone here is an Italian. Yes. <laughs> and his name is actually Pace. Yeah. Now, so Adrian Gallus. He played footy at Doncaster. But William Gallus. <laughs> I just started reading names from the uh, North Reservoir. Under Stephen tennis. Tabone. Oh, look at that. What a team. What a team. Yeah, what beautiful. a team. Were you playing Senator? Is that Elvis below that? Uh, wow. It's me and Brattles. The one below the North Reservoir, re, re, North Reservoir Under 10s, is that Elvis Presley no, on the right hand side? That's me dressed as Danny Zuko. It's a distance, <laughs> I need to see this. Now that I know what it is, I need to see it more. Open it up. Come on. Come no, on. No, no, come no. on. You, open can't, it up. you can't tell me. Open it up. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost, we've lost Sean. We've lost Sean. Oh, this possibly shit. doesn't make for great pod. You didn't really look like Danny. Funny. You didn't really look like Danny Zuko. Oh, you I'm, I'm like a lot heavier than Danny Zuko. You just, so just, <laughs> just leave me alone. Oh, oh, have we spoken about how the like Danny Zuko was somehow allowed to make the track team two days before graduation <laughs> in that movie? Hey, he was committed. He's, Not everything in that he movie. May have had, he, he may have had a future beyond Rydell High in he athletics. He lettered in, tra- in track at like athletics. Up to two days. Literally like the day before graduation. Maybe the Coach sports- Calhoun was yeah, a fucking maniac. The sportsmaster had been keen on trying to get him in for five and a half years and he finally got his man. You thought, thought you laughed before. Look at <laughs> oh that Oh my goodness. That's horrible. Look at those pins. Jesus. That's horrible. Well, is I that us done? Do you know what, you know what I love? Every birthday, one of us is wearing a Carlton jumper. Like every occasion you take got photos, it's either me or my brother's wearing a Carlton jumper. Goes without saying. Did you get those three haircuts for the price of one? <laughs> Jesus. Funny time. That was me 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that together? I don't know, but it was. it's all about the effort, The Sean. effort's there. The effort's the there. The effort's there. They've just fucking made a mockery of the Manchester United crest. It's all, it's all squashed now. Oh, shit. Let's wrap this stuff up. All right. I'm sweating like We'll put it animal. out to Twitter. Good stuff. Yeah, no, great pod. Um, yep. We'll, we'll split that fun. in half. I reckon we do the front half and then the back half. Yeah, the front half. <laughs> what shit do we speak at the start? Oh, don't even fucking... I don't even know if we'll publish it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot going on in it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. No, thank you for listening. It's been... 
been fantastic. We'll, we'll see if we can post this photo album. What's Scan 10? Go to Scan 10. Scan 10. Oh, is that Movie World? Oh, my God. What the hell it's is just this? Me and, me and Michael Jackson. Is that you dressed as no, like He's dressed as young Michael Let's just, Jackson. just take this off, Pod. He's dressed as young Michael Jackson by the Jackson 5 Michael Jackson. What a time. Um, anyway, for me, Sean Peter, much thank you. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Cheers, people. For Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, guys. Where's Tony? Tony, no, Tony got the sack. Tony, Tony, Tony got the sack for abusing referees, I assume. Well, either that or he had to return to the old country to take care of business. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't manage the team that year. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Toodles. Bye now. Was he born sweat hog? That's a much younger I'm wet. Thank you.